Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We <clears throat> come to you, O oh Father, um, pleading for your mercies this evening as we as we consider chapter 24 in the confession of faith we ask that um, you may open our minds that we may uh, we may be able to see everything that we that, that 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 we will from your word we pray that you may receive our praises we ask that you may um, lead us into all truth um, and we pray that you may ground our faith in your word that we may know what we believe help us uh, with the things that we will be considering this evening um, hasten the feet of those that may be on their way coming uh, lead us into all truth we pray these things in Jesus name Amen Let's let's turn to chapter twenty-four in our confession. This evening we are considering this chapter on civil magistrates. Um, and we are going to see a couple of things from this chapter. Let me just give an overview. So in paragraph one, we will, we will consider that the civil government has been instituted by God. It has been ordained by God. There's that divine ordinance of the civil government. And then we will look at the involvement of the Christian in the civil government from chapter, uh, paragraph two. And then from paragraph three, we will look at the duty that the Christian has to the civil government. So paragraph one, the institution, the divine ordinance of civil government by God. Then paragraph two, the involvement that the Christian has uh, in civil government, uh, the civil magistrate. And then paragraph three, the duty that every Christian has to the civil government. So I'm, I'm going to read paragraph one and then we will, we will consider it. God, the supreme Lord and King of all the world, hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him over the people for his own glory and the public good. And to this end hath armed them with the power of the sword for defense and encouragement of them that do good and for the punishment of evildoers. Again, God the supreme Lord and King of all the world hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him over the people for his own glory and the public good. And to this end hath armed them with the power of the sword for defense and encouragement of them that do good and for the punishment of evil doers. So <clears throat> in this paragraph, we see that uh, the civil government or the civil magistrate has been instituted by God. God is the one that has instituted um, the civil magistrate. So, so when you think of politics, <clears throat> you're not to think that um, it's, it's none of our business as Christians to engage in politics. Um, this chapter in the confession wants to deal with that particular uh, error that Christians should not be involved in civil government whatsoever. Um, so as we as we look at this, um, as we look at this paragraph um, in this chapter, we are to realize that the reason why the writers of the confession penned this down so that we may be saved from that era of thinking that Christians cannot whatsoever or however 
be in civil government. Um, and so there are a couple of things that we are going to consider there, but just from the surface, what do you think that this paragraph is communicating to us in detail? Generally, it's communicating to us the divine ordination of the civil magistrate by God. What do you think are the details of, uh, of, of that? A very straightforward paragraph <clears throat> but it holds very um very very profound truths so the first thing that we see there is that god is the supreme lord and king over all the world so, so we live in a day and time especially considering the charismatic movement uh, where people believe that the devil is in charge of everything. People believe that the devil has more power than God. Whether they say it out loud or, or it is sub subconscious. Um, the, the paragraph here tells us that God, and you see how, how it's framed, is that the, the writers of the confession presuppose that it is common knowledge that God is the supreme Lord and King over, over all the world. So, so, so they say, God, the supreme Lord and King of all the world. You see, before God takes it upon himself to ordain civil magistrates, it comes from a point of him being supreme Lord, sovereign Lord, and king over all the world god is the one that ordains all that in that all that are in po the high positions and he does this because he is the supreme lord and king uh, we're going to see that from romans chapter chapter 13. And then then we see that the civil magistrates are under god so you see that hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him they are under him because he is the supreme lord and king of all the world now the the way everyone and everything is under the sovereign rule of god the kings of this world the civil magistrates um, if you will are under the rule of god so, so when we say that everyone is under under god even those that are in high positions are under God. But then the, the pa paragraph here goes ahead to tells, tell us that God is the one that has ordained them to be there. And so we see that um, uh, they are subject to him 
um, governments only have authority insofar as God has given them. Uh, or to put it in a different way, the, the, the governments have authority because God has given it to them. The authority is not just by the consent of those who are governed. You know, we live in a democratic country. And so one might easily say that uh, the authority that the president has, he has because we chose him. <clears throat> Even though that is true, we know that the Bible says that the cast is law, uh, the, the, the lot is cast, but the decision belongs to the Lord. God is the one that grants the ultimate outcome. And so um, we, we, we know that it's not just by the consent of those who are governed. It's not just by the majority opinion. It's, it's more precisely that God is the one that has determined everyone who is going to be in that, the position of authority that they are in. Um, and so because of this, then God is, um, or, or rather the governments are subject to God. They answer to God. Now when you consider the, the chapter that we have just finished, um, chapter 23 of lawful oaths and vows, we see there that those, those, who take those, those who take the oaths are calling God to bear witness that what they are confirming or what they are doing is truthful. They are confirming the truthfulness of their oath-taking. Um, and, then, and then now you see how when we talk about the civil magistrates having been ordained by God, it's not only that they are going to be answerable to God because they have taken an oath and called God to be witness. It's also that they are going to be answerable because God is the supreme Lord and King. And because God is the supreme Lord and King, they are answerable to Him. Because He is the one that has ordained them in that position, they are answerable to Him. So we read there that God, the supreme Lord and King of all the world, hath ordained, He has given, He has determined civil magistrates to be under him he is the one that has put them there and they are there subject to him so they are they are under him and then we we also read there that they are over the people um so so their authority is a, a delegated authority um and of course their authority is over a particular people that god has placed uh under them. And then we read there that um, there, is, there is a purpose for why God has, um, has placed them there. So, so firstly, there is the position that God has given them. They are under God and they are over the people. And then there is the purpose for which God has placed them there. And what's that purpose? As Anto has told us, it's for the glory of God and for the public good of the people. Everything that is done on this world is to be done for God's glory. Everything in the end is going to bring God glory. Now, even those that are in high positions are there um, in a sense that they will give God all the glory or they should give God all the glory because of having been placed there. So they are there for the glory of God, and they are there for the public good of the people. So, so civil government glorifies God as, as, as we're going to see in Romans 13, they accomplish the will of God. They wield the sword um, on behalf of God, as it were. Um, and 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 because they do the will of God, this in turn produces the good of others, public good. Um, <clears throat> um, so, so the purpose is that they may glorify God and that they may, they may be there for the public good of people. Um, we're going to see this in Romans chapter 13. And so government only has authority in, in, the, in the civil sphere not in the religious sphere. So, um, the government 
has been given that authority not in the church but in civil matters matters to do with the nation um and so there <clears throat> there are three um I don't know whether to call them offices in 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 any land um or there there are three institutions that God has placed over any sort of people these three institutions are number 1 the family number 2 the church and number 3 the government the government is not in charge of families it's not in charge of the church it's in charge it, it's in charge of of our civil matters matters to do um with the nation and and that's the sphere that god has given them and then thirdly and lastly before i open it up for interactions is uh the power that god has given the civil magistrate and so the the civil magistrates are in the position that they are under god the sovereign lord and king and they are over the people that's their position then the civil magistrates purpose is to glorify god and to do good unto the people that they are over and then thirdly the power that the civil government or the civil magistrates have is the powers of life and death and you see there it says and to this end hath armed them with the power of the sword so this is god god has given them the power of the sword for the defense and encouragement of them that do good and for the punishment of evil doers and that sounds as though god god has given them power over life and power over death they have the power to punish evil doers they have the power to defend those that are doing good as we as we're going again to consider in Romans chapter 13 and so governments have the ultimate power from god as far as as this body is concerned they they have the power they have the power to instill capital punishment and you know what capital punishment means eh? you you're sentenced to death they have the power to pronounce one guilty and therefore liable to death um um yeah we're going to talk about that more let's let's go to romans romans chapter 13 consider that passage there which is absolutely needful for for us as we consider this matter question yes so such instances where also like assuming everyone is a christian though they're not mm. you see as christians we are called to obey authority and uh, to obey authority so now when when the government is is they come out to any covid when the government is saying oh see what i see in the church so was it wrong for the churches that because like my feelings are many that angel to see and then at the same time kuraio aspect here the government and pay kuraio the church continue with the church then there also the aspect of believers wanting to do what is right so we try that because in, in some countries pain and pain the government also infringes on the the, the the families you know such that it determines whether you get children or not because there are some assumptions that you can't get children beyond this many children or you there's incentives to getting children such that in a way in influence the family setup and how the families turn out to be in that particular country or society so yeah i think that's my question like where 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 are the lines drawn Same time we 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when when we say that the government does not have authority over the church or over the family, um, we mean that um, uh, insofar as the management of my family, the government is not to interfere unless I'm doing unlawful things according to the word of God. And so I, I think that that's, that's where we should begin. We should begin by saying that the government is to protect um, lawful things as far as uh, they are in accordance with the word of God. Now, we do not live in a Christian state, but we who are Christians know that God is the sovereign of the universe, the supreme Lord and King, and he's the one that has placed those, uh, the powers that be where they are. And because of that then, the, 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 the government ought not, it should not infringe upon the authorities in the church and the authorities in the home to govern the, the government has not been given the responsibility to govern homes or to govern the church. It's been given the civil sphere to govern a particular nation uh, insofar as uh, civil matters are concerned. So if the word of God be the standard, um, because, I mean, God is the supreme king and lord, then the government does not have the powers to tell me where I am to live, right? The government can't tell me uh, because uh, you are you are poor, you can't uh, you can't live here or you can't do this. You 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 can't have this number of children. You can't um, beat up your your child, or to use a better word, you can't discipline your children. Um, and so when the government um, comes and says how I am to discipline my children or in a general way how I am to govern my home then it is infringing upon that which it is, is not his, its sphere um, when the government comes and says whether or not we will go to church the government is infringing its, its uh, spheres now, there's a sense in which when COVID hit the whole world, we were not aware of the extent to which um, uh, COVID will impact any society. But then, even then, the government has no rights, it, it has no powers um, to tell the church how to conduct its affairs. And the church can re respectfully disobey the government. So, so I personally believe that when the government told the churches to close down, um, uh, the, 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 the government was infringing upon its powers. It, 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 ha it had no power to, to do that. That was not its sphere of authority. Sphere of authority. And because of that, then, um, as, as the church we would have um, disobeyed the government respectfully because that's not its um, domain. Mm. I don't know if I've answered both, both questions. So, so in a country like US, when the government makes it illegal for you to discipline your child, and, and discipline is in corrective, in, in inflicting pain upon your child when they do wrong, uh, when the government does that, then it, it has gone too far. It's, it's bearing authority that God has not given it. Uh, it's a responsibility of the mother and the father to determine how they are going to discipline their child. Um, the government can only come in where there is abuse. That's, that's the only time that the government can intervene um, uh, in in say disciplining of a child or um, 
or a disagreement between a husband and a wife. The government has no authority in coming into that disagreement unless it's abusive in nature, where, where, there is, where life is being threatened because the government has every power to protect life. Um, so if you are able to speak to Nate and his wife, um, you'd, you'd, you'd hear them say that they are really, really struggling to live in the U.S., in fact, Nate, Nate is moving to Kenya. He's coming, he's coming to, be, to be part of the TPC, but, but you would hear the, you know, the, the struggles that they go through as Christian parents in the U.S. Because they want to obey God. God says that the child, your child will not die if you beat them, uh, if you discipline them, unless you want to kill them. But generally discipline cannot kill a child uh, the bible says that um, god loves those whom he disciplines those whom he loves um, yeah the bible tells us that if you spare the rod you spoil the child um, the bible says if you hate your child you let them be if you love them you discipline them um, and so <clears throat> it's, it's a real struggle for christian parents in the u.s they, they have to do it, but then they have to do it wisely. Um, uh, in one way or another, most of them are caught because the children will play together and they will say, and they will have to face the courts and all that. The Christians have to stand up and say, we would rather obey uh, God than you um, because the, the government is in, in, infringing on the authority that is not theirs. Yeah, yeah. I guess he means that it's, it's, it's wrong. Um, because even as he was asking, I think China is the country that you're talking about where there's a limit to, to the number of children. Yeah. Um, there was so much pressure until they, they stopped. Also because this is this very weird that the number of children a family can have. And the argument was that a God given uh, right and privilege to decide the number of children that I want. It is. You realize that when living in this world, Christians have have the, the great privilege of standing against the world, um, and you know, and standing for that which is uh, right and good. Um, the world would be a better place if everyone was a Christian, and, and we shouldn't be ashamed to say that. Not because we are sinless, but because the Christian is committed to bow to God in, in every area of their life. Um, so that even in our disobeying the, the government, it's not that we are to be chaotic. Like It's, it's not as though Christians... Uh, belligerently... Yani, tuna vibaya, tuna kataku obey the government vibaya. Um, refusing to obey the government in a wrongful way, uh, in a belligerent way, in a way that is disrespectful and dishonoring. Even where, and, and this is in all spheres of, of, of life, where, where there's a God-given authority, like a, where the husband is a, an authority, where the the, the father is, is the, the authority. The, the father, the mother are the authority over the children. The, the, the servant has the master as the authority. Where something which God does not require is commanded, 
the one to submit is not to disrespectfully or belligerently refuse to submit they are to in an honoring in a god honoring way say i would rather obey god than you and this is what we see the apostles do right they they tell them hey but we, we can't refuse to preach the gospel we would rather obey god than you or or, or what peter says judge judge for yourselves whether it is right for us to obey you or to obey god uh, but but you cannot do otherwise will only do the will of god but then what you're considering here is that the civil government has been instituted by god it is under god its purpose is for the glory of god and for the good of the people the good of the public and um its power is the powers of life and death um they have the power of capital punishment is there any comment or question before we read romans 13 or let's let's first read romans 13 and then we can engage more <clears throat> Romans chapter 13 Let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God therefore whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment for rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad would you have no fear of the one who is in authority then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is god's servant for your good but if you do wrong be afraid for he does not bear this the sword in vain for he is the servant of god an avenger who carries out god's wrath on the wrongdoer therefore one must be in subjection not only to avoid god's wrath but also for the sake of conscience for because of this uh, because of this you you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of god attending to this very thing pay to all what is owed to them taxes to whom taxes are owed revenue to whom revenue is owed respect to whom respect is owed honor to whom honor is owed so that that that, that passage there seems to be in favor of the authorities uh, but i submit to you that we cannot read this passage in in isolation from the rest of the scriptures but uh, nonetheless the point of the first paragraph in the confession is well established from this passage that everyone is to be subject to the governing authorities and we're going to see we're going to see the christian's duty in paragraph 3 uh in submitting to the the governing authorities the civil magistrates and then we we read there that there is no authority except from god and you, and you hear the words of the the confession there that god the supreme lord and king of all the world hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him all authority comes from god and those that exist have been instituted by god that's what paul tells us in romans 13 god is the one that institutes and then we read there in verse 2 therefore whoever resists the authorities resists what god has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment that that verse two there is 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 one one of the reasons why i'm saying that we must read this in light of the whole of the scriptures because we know that we can resist the government we can resist the authorities when they are commanding us to do that which is not the will of god so this this statement is not saying whatever the government requires of us whatsoever we must submit to them no 
No, it's 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 appealing to the first verse, which is granting that God is the one that has ordained these authorities, and because of that, then the disposition of everyone ought to be: when I submit to these ones, I submit to God. Sindio. And when these ones direct me away from God, I ought not to submit to them. And then we read there in verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to, to good conduct, but to bad. That's what we read, read there in the confession. Um, uh, God hath ordained the civil magistrates to be under him over the people for his own glory and the public good. The rulers are there for, for, for the good of others, the good of the public. Because, because why? God has given them the power of the sword for the defense and encouragement of them that do good. Hmm? Rulers are not a terror to good, but do good, good conduct, but to bad. Um, uh, those that do good are to be defended by the civil magistrates, the government. But those that do evil ought to be afraid. Uh, we read there, Will you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. You hear that language again there. It's for the glory of God and the public good that God has ordained the civil magistrates. And then we read, But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. And that's what we read there in the last section. God hath armed them with the power of the sword for defense and encouragement of them that do good and for the punishment of evildoers. So the reason why God has ordained this this uh, civil magistrates is so that they may glorify him by doing his will by punishing the evildoers now consider with me for a moment that while this is what God has uh, given to the civil magistrates the power to punish the evildoer and for the, the, the good and encouragement of those who do good, our society is more and more calling good evil and evil good. Now, where the Christian comes in is to be able to say, this is evil, this is evil. God has ordained the civil uh, magistrates to promote good rather than evil, to punish evildoers, and to um, and to protect and defend uh, those who do good. And, and that's that's what you that's what you're seeing in the in the in the U.S. For example, they are more and more abdicating their responsi their responsibility. In terms of civil government, civil magistrates, they are not punishing the evildoer. They are now, they are now approving of the murderers who murder the babies in the womb. They are advocating for that. And we do not want to be in such a society. And so far as we are living in this world, we want to be in, in a society where God, being the supreme king and lord, um, having given authority to men, that that authority is wielded for the glory of God and for the good of the public. We recently had the Supreme, supreme Court ruling on the right, right to associate that the LGBTQ community was... Uh, uh, was 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 uh, requesting, and unfortunately, our Supreme Court grants granted it. And so, are they wielding the sword the way that they should? 
Yes? Because their, their job is to punish evildoers, not to promote their cause. Is there any question or comment? I'd like to end it there. Yeah. Sorry? They are, we call it a better or a godly strategy mm-hmm. that people can use to use and resisting these things. Oh, is there a strategy that we can use when resisting the government? When you say a better strategy, uh, what are you comparing it to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the government, or for any country, have the constitution. And so it's stipulated that in the constitution, if people are not satisfied, maybe they go to court, they can do peaceful demonstrations, just like an option, these peaceful demonstrations, or the courting. Yeah, I think different cases can be looked at differently. Um, <clears throat> the duty of the Christian is to make sure that in their rebelling against the government, they are not sinning in the process. Um, the same way with children, in their rebelling against their parents or rather refusing to submit, they ought to make sure that they are not sinful. You have parents that require children to do evil things. And when, and when children refuse to do those things, it ought to be done in a way that is respectful to their parents. Um, if parents, if for example my parents refused for me to get married, and they say the only way I would get married is if I don't know the lady I marry comes from the same tribe, I would respectfully disobey them. Sindio. But then you realize that there is a wrong way of doing it. Sindio. I can speak to them rudely. I can, you know, dishonor them in the process. And that's, that, that ought not to be the case. Um, if, for example, uh, my wife's parents refused for her to get married unless a, a certain amount of money is paid, um, she, she would respectfully disobey them. Because um, they're, they're not requiring that which God requires. In fact, they're requiring the contrary. They're hindering that which God has, uh, God has so blessed as a glorious institution called marriage. And that applies to the government. If we are going to demonstrate, um, we are to demonstrate peacefully, Right? Um, the problem with such man-made kinds of rebellious um, things is that they are not founded on godly principles. Even when you read in the constitution that you can you can demonstrate but peacefully, it's not as though they are they are saying. Uh, uh, this is what God requires and therefore go ahead and do it. Um, they are forgetting that men are sinful and the chances of demonstrating in a peaceful way are very minimal. I mean, we had the case for um, Med University just this week. You know that, eh? They went on strike. They wanted their VC to be, to be, to be reinstated. 
and according to them they demonstrated peacefully they had peaceful demonstrations but then you realize that as a christian there is there is a way that you can refuse to submit to the authorities that be in a way that is not god honoring so just to simply answer your question is yes there's a better way to to do it if we look at the constitution and we see that we can actually follow the constitution without disobeying god then we we do it when you two, when you when you put christians together with unbelievers in a so called peaceful demonstration uh, more often than not it's, it's not going to be because christians are going to be they're going to tame their tongues you know the unbelievers are not going to tame their tongue they're going to say whatever they want however they want Take for example the this the instance of um the three Hebrew boys Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They stand before the king. They are accused of not bowing to the golden image. And what do they tell the king? We have our god. We are not going to bow to the idol. O king. They are respectful. If you look at the way they respond, it's a very respectful response it recognizes that Nebuchadnezzar is the king but then they they tell him that god is going to deliver us from your hand even if you throw us into the fire god is going to do it but even if he doesn't we are not going to submit like that okay fire is is uh, turned up seven times over they are thrown into the fire and there is the fourth man who comes and uh, is with them in the midst of that persecution <clears throat> but then the point is we can we can uh, respectfully disagree with the authorities that be we can respectfully disobey the authorities that god has given mm. We have a trend in uh, today's world for governments to do away with the capital punishment. And um, that's that's not a that's not a right thing for any society. Um, the text there in Hebrews tells us that the civil magistrate is God's servant for the good of the people he is an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer if the civil magistrates do not um if the civil magistrates do not carry out or inflict the wrath of God on the evil doer then they are not doing the will of god the wrong doer ought to be punished um but then we have a recent trend in governments to try and do away with capital punishment um which, which is not very good for any society because it not only promotes evil um it 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 also it also removes fear from 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 evil doers you realize that the reason why there is that uh, the wrath of god is 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 inflicted upon the evil doer is so that fear may come upon others not to do evil in the same way senior so if if that capital punishment or that inflicting of god's wrath is removed then the evil doer is promoted and the fear that the punishment ought to to bring upon people is not brought about yeah. 
Is there any any other any other question or comment? Like to end it there. We can spend some time some time in prayer. Um, There's no other if there's no question or comment. Um, I'm going to close with a word of prayer. Next week we will consider paragraph two. Um, that it is a lawful thing for Christians to be involved in civil government. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us this opportunity to uh, consider this short paragraph. We pray that we may be able to re recognize the authorities that are there, that you have instituted. Um, and we pray that <clears throat> you, may, you, you may grant that um, we may all be under you our king um, and our lord you who is the supreme sovereign ruler of the universe we pray that you may help us to submit to the authorities that be insofar as um, they are not going contrary to your will and we pray lord that uh, you may help our civil government to wield the sword that you've given them appropriately not to promote evil but rather to punish evil uh, not to call good evil and evil good but to indeed be um, your representatives here on earth to inflict your wrath upon the evildoer and to be to be a defense and to be of encouragement to the ones who do good um, please help us to grasp these things for our own good and the good of our societies and for your glory uh, be merciful to hear our prayers for we ask these things in jesus name Amen.